0: The following program may be explicit. And he's a laser printed hero, a big castellette. And if you miss a dice roll, he may just end up dead. Don't forget about his backstory for family and foe. And if this is his last stand, that's just how the story goes.
1: You're listening to Happy Jack's RPG Podcast. Pursuing the RPG hobby with reckless abandon
0: and beard. Yeah, got the rhythm and the rhyme flowing. Get your feet and your booty going. But it's a little too hip for this impending nerd blast that is Happy Checks RPG Podcast. Thank you for joining us for Season 4. Fourteen episode nineteen of Happy Jack's RPG podcast. Smooth as silk opening. Yeah, no one no no one even noticed. My name is Stu. This is Tyler. This is Stork.
2: And this is Jib.
0: Renaissance Fair is over. It's oh, Down is Yay. done. Yay. No more Renaissance done. Fair. Thing is done. And GameX is over. Yes. How was GameX? And GameX oh, by the was- let me just say. By the way, for those of you who are watching this live or watching us on YouTube, having a problem with the computer that runs all of the.
1: Cameras, all the video stuff, so we're just why you're staring at the back of my head and, and Tyler, and only Tyler, yeah, and it Tyler. <laughs>
2: it's
1: Dork's hand.
0: <laughs> well, give you guys a little salute once in a while, okay? Sorry, it's really hard not to look directly into it. Just you stare at don't look directly
2: it. into the camera, it'll eat your soul.
0: <coughs> you know, uh, I'll, put the, no, I'll put the chat room up, you get distracted by the chat room, <laughs> absolutely.
2: Uh, GameX was great. Uh, mm-hmm. For me personally, I think it might have been the most successful con that I've been to yet. Uh, I ran three games. Uh, Friday afternoon, I ran a reskin of a game I ran a couple years ago uh, called Voyages of the Starship Loki. Mm-hmm. But I ran it in a different game system because I've been very intrigued with this idea of how games run in different game systems. Uh, that one went really well. Uh Players Which, had a good what time. What system
1: did you run it in this time? Fate. And you ran it in... Hero. S- Hero before. So. Uh, Very similar systems.
2: <laughs> <laughs> can you give us a quick did review? Did the change, of, si- did the change of system change.
3: change how the players dealt with things in the yeah, game? give us
2: Interestingly, no. Really? Uh, they actually followed almost the exact same path through the game. And at the start of the game, I had no idea how they would approach the problem. The The basic problem is...
0: Okay, sorry. A little, little interrupting. Go ahead. Okay.
2: The basic problem for them is it is a Star Trek-esque sci-fi game if instead of the Federation you had the Terran Empire. Okay. Underneath, okay? So they're not exactly as, you know, hippie and nice as Star Trek. And they don't have a prime directive that says you can't fuck with people. Um, I'm on board. So they show up at this planet... And there are two groups on this planet warring over the planet. And it's like, okay, so what are you going to do about that? What are you going to do with that? Because one group is, they're actually an offshoot of Terrans that got separated from the rest of the Empire. And then the other one is an insectoid race. But the insectoid people are
1: the indigenous, nicer,
2: more oh. progressive, and have the better claim. So it's kind of like, a, here's a conflict, what are you going to do about it? And they could get very militaristic, because they have much higher technology than either of these groups, or they could do something else. And both of the times I've run this game, they chose the diplomatic path through the game. And uh, the details changed. Some of the things were different, but I attribute that more to the fact that it was different players sure. than uh, than different game systems. Uh, um, did you
1: have any repeat players from your hero game? No. To, okay.
2: No. <coughs> um so, But that game went really well. I was very pleased with how it came out. The players really enjoyed it. Um, then Saturday morning, I ran uh, another Fate game. This one based on the movie Kingsman, um, which was stellar. Uh, the players totally grabbed hold of the game and totally brought out the whole you know 60s super spy aesthetic awesome. in the modern world and uh, had a, a great ton of fun with it. Um, And then Sunday morning, I ran, uh, also in Fate, a, a darker, grittier game, a uh, Vikings game, where the characters were all members of the same family, and the, um, the, the principal of that family had been murdered, and things kind of went from there. And uh, that game went fabulously, and that game was probably the highlight of the weekend for me cool um, because it was just so so powerful because um, they actually hit the emotional climax of the game right exactly at the two-hour point and we played for two more hours and it was yeah you know, uh, as mook put it it kind of went from being a hundred percent to being 97 percent. so i i it was it was a good con um the other games that i played in were a lot of fun um they were everybody had had good tables um uh, Gina played in uh Tomes uh Lego Star Frontiers game which was a ton of fun. She posted pics about it and I am really plosive today.
0: Um I haven't really noticed. Okay. Are you?
2: Uh maybe it's just me hearing it. Uh but uh she had a lot of fun with that. It was a 6 hour game. Wow. Yeah! Wow! Um, Th- did he mean it to go six hours? He did. Or? He did. Okay. He intended for it to. Um, Friday night, I played classic traveler. Did oh, character awesome! Character gen at the table.
1: Uh, how many times did you die?
2: Um, I actually did not die, but I did have one character who got drummed out after one one term. <laughs> I was like, eh, "You're out." <laughs> Do over, um, do over, um, and uh, Rob Skaggs had three characters die in character <laughs> gen.
0: Damn, on him was he um, kept? Do you keep going for scout? Because that's he, the one that I think was most. Yeah, he, you the, most. It,
2: the scouts are the most killy, and yes, he did one scout that got dead after like four terms.
0: But you get great, you get skills. awesome
2: stuff for it. Yeah. Uh, Gina managed to get a scout through four terms and ended up with a scout ship and. Two levels of jack of all trades it was like she was like the Whoa. Uber character. <laughs> nice. That's um, kind
1: of the that's kind of what you want to. Right yeah, there. if you
2: are a scout, that's what you want. You want a scout ship and and at least one rank in jack of all trades because that basically means you have one level of everything. Right. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, it was a ton of fun. Um, I didn't play in either of Tim's games, uh, but uh, what I heard was good that the, his games went well.
1: Uh, how was attendance?
2: Um. Attendance seemed a little lighter to me, but there were still plenty of people around. Cool, Um, and you know, normal issues with the hotel—they had elevators not working at a couple of different points. What's wrong with that place? um, (laughs) You know, the air conditioning was marginal.
0: Marginal or not working? Because there's a difference. Marginal, Uh, at least, it keeps the funk down.
2: In some places, it was marginal. In the in the dungeon. It was not working.
0: Oh, see, that's no good. That's not. That's no good.
2: Yeah. Um, but you know, you you make do the best you can. Um,
1: bring him Febreze next time.
2: Yeah. Uh, I had intended to come out to the barbecue on Sunday. That was our plan, but Uh uh, we kind of got sidetracked by a game.
0: Oh, which what game? Uh,
2: it was a sprawl game. Uh, the sprawl is an apocalypse world-based uh, cyberpunk game. Oh, okay. Written by a guy right here in L.A. So,
3: cool. That was. A I want to play more game cyberpunk X. games.
2: Cyberpunk is always fun.
3: Like I want to play some Shadowrun. Yep, it's been a long time.
2: Yeah, I haven't. Um, I, I they did a, a collector's edition of the new version of Shadowrun. The uh, leather bound book very mm-hmm. pretty it's like 130 bucks and i've had it in my hand to buy it like three times like,
1: eh. you know back <laughs> when i wasn't gaming i walked by like a gaming store and i saw Shadowrun, and i'm like oh my god and i actually went and bought the book for i don't know whatever reason and looked through it and everything it was it was like a game i was really excited to play i really wanted to play it and this was like in the in the hiatus when i wasn't playing anything so right. it, it's uh i i'd say again that's maybe on my bucket list of things i want to try Cool.
3: I own one collector's edition of an RPG book.
1: Which
2: the one? The
3: only one I ever felt that I wanted to spend the extra money on. is was Deadlands. Oh, cool. When they did the, the new book. version. I, yeah. I love it.
2: One more game I want to mention from GameX. Um, on Friday afternoon and on Monday morning, Mook ran Gachamon in GURPS. And it was spectacular. I saw pictures of that. It was spectacular. Uh, I-, I got to play a very killy uh, Jinpei, who's the little boy, little kid character. Uh, yeah. What is Gotcha
0: Man? Uh, uh is a like Japanese Pokemon?
2: anime from the seventies. Oh. Uh, it was reskinned in the U.S. <clears throat> as Battle of the Planets. Is that right? I don't know. Um, and then later know. as G Force. I watch. Oh,
1: okay. I watch. That's where I watch they have shows. the
2: the teenage kids in like semi bird bird costumes. They have cloaks and they have helmets. That oh yeah, yeah. And,
1: uh, I remember that. G Force. Yeah. Okay. Yeah.
2: Uh, but, yeah, it was, you know, I- in typical MOOC fashion, it was spectacular. Awesome. I've,
1: I've always had fun in his games. He's, a, he's exceptional.
2: Yep.
0: So, at the next con, uh huh. I haven't decided 100% yet, but I'm going to sit down, because you won't do it. What? Because it's been, like, two years, and you still haven't done it. I'm going to run Champions LARP.
3: All right, so <laughs> I think about it a lot, <laughs> and sure, then I never sure. actually get to do it and sure. actually I, the, the, I was, i'll show you how it's done okay Unfortunately, getting be, it done. I'm not gonna be at the September con oh you like won't. I thought. Oh. uh no i uh, months ago uh, uh, planned a camping trip that weekend oh okay, all right so I, will I just th- the booked next my one. hotel room but i'll be i'll I'll gonna come down next February. I'll definitely be here for that okay. One.
0: Yeah, I already got my room booked, and uh, I've been talking to the LARP LARP girls about helping me run it.
2: Mm-hmm. So,
0: okay, and I've been re- I just started reading the the Champions LARP rules.
3: My issue I'm has been sure coming up what what with a way to run a, a LARP one shot and provide like props and costuming right. for people. It, it's it, every time I get a good idea and I think that's, there's
1: a way to do it, the cost ends up being too high. Oh, really? So oh. yeah, yeah. Uh, on-site place where you can buy bulk capes for like fifty cents each. You know,
3: I'm I'm sure there is, or 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 if I had more more skills with uh, fabricating.
0: See, I was gonna I, I was gonna make the player characters be people who in in game develop their superpowers. Ah, oh, so that's they don't a good idea.
1: Yeah. No so only suits. the villains would have the super suits. That makes a lot more sense. That's a lot, of fun. and it's yeah. a lot
3: less super suits.
1: To me. Yeah,
2: yeah, it Not is. Oh, no, that's a great that's idea. A good idea. Mm. I like it. I was
3: thinking about doing a dead president's LARP and just buying those rubber president masks. <laughs> 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 just give everybody one of those. You'd only have to buy 44 of them. And then <laughs> later on, I could do a point break LARP. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> point break, it. the surfer movie where they're bank robbers and they oh, rob oh banks okay, with president right. masks on. Keanu
2: Reeves. On. All right.
3: They're remaking it. I know. I've seen some shots, and I'm like, "Why not just re-release the original?" Yeah, it's
2: do we need the remake? There are movies it. that are perfectly good, but don't need to be remade. Yeah, and that's one of them.
3: I think they should just re-release it.
0: And then every so often, though, you get something like um, True Grit. Oh, that was such a good remake. Yeah, you never know. It was. Yeah, it was. I mean, you look at the John
3: Wayne movie, you think, "Yeah, it's a good John Wayne film." I heard *Fright Night* was a good remake too. I didn't really? see it.
2: I don't think I've seen that one. So
3: it's got one of the doctors in it, I think Tennant. Oh, isn't it?
2: Okay, well he's he's good.
0: So if you uh, are have are, have still not sent in your in, your encounter for Tim's savage uh, not Savage Worlds
2: Swords and Wizardry
0: Swords and Wizardry contest. You should do so quickly and email it to Tim at happyjacks.org because he wants that shit. That's that's what I've heard. He does. And there you go. And boy, this computer, I'm telling you, Chrome is not working. Balls. I am disappointed. I am disappointed, Google. First email. On the subject of length. Wow. Email from Dan. Wow. Now he's bragging. Yeah. <laughs> oh, no, it is working. Dearest douchebags, in an effort to be brief, I'll get straight to the point. I'm wondering whether GMs adequately consider scope and length when planning their campaigns. I had to move to a new state for a new job <laughs> this year, and it cut short a GURPS campaign that I was running. Pause for Stu to express his enthusiasm for GURPS. Yeah! Fortunately, I had enough of a heads-up to plan out one final session, so I threw out all the grandiose story threads I had in mind and just pinned all atrocities on the Duke's crooked advisor. It was hastily done, but at least the ending was definitive. At the same time... You want beer? No, I don't. And it's early, I know. It's because <laughs> it's 10.30. Like <laughs> 30- I was going to judge you. Everything outside's warm. So I was hoping well, for something. You cool. can stock it while oh, I'm okay. reading. Okay. Uh, at the same time, I was also playing in a Pathfinder game, which eroded into nothing because our schedules, as busy adults, started interfering. So you are gonna go. You're, you're gonna go stock it. Yeah, yeah. Bring the whole bucket in, and you can fill all those in there. Interfering as uh, interest waned, I know that the GM had similar monumental visions about the campaign as well. So I was left wondering, why does it seem that every campaign the GM that GMs start To plan, always end up being epic. Does every story have to be the one with humble beginnings, only after months or years, resulting in magnificent culmination in which the very existence of the universe hangs in the balance? I realize that there might be some GMs out there who purposefully scale down their games, or even plan for a definitive number of obsessions, but I never hear about them. All the campaigns. I hear of were designed with no end in sight until some ultimate showdown, or, as far as more as is more often the case, the campaign just runs out of gas. I feel like my earlier GURPS game would have been much better if I had just planned a small complete story arc in the first place, knowing it was going to draw draw the line at say ten to twelve sessions. Even if some major event like one of us moving were uh, moving away were to happen, I feel it would be easier to wrap things up than if the characters were originally supposed to defeat the dark Lord of whatever whatever Goth who they've just they've only just begun to discover might have been o- awakened from his dark slumber by the time we have to dismantle the game. I guess these observations wouldn't apply if I were gaming in high school, which I sadly didn't get to do didn't get to do more than a handful of times. I know that I would have had far more of a time luxury back then. Do the GMs of happy Jack's crew typically plan their games to have a decisive ending? If so, how do you reconcile that plan with the open and non-restrictive nature of collaborative storytelling inherent in the style of the, of gaming that we all love? Um, where railroad tracks, where railroad tracks are forbidden, and there's more yes and than a '70s swingers club.
1: Oh, nice! That's, I love that quote.
0: <laughs> what a good girl! I'm petting my dog. They, can, they can, I don't know if they can see my dog. Um, I'd love to know, uh, as I'm not running any games right now, but want to know how to approach things once I get my next killer idea. Sincerely, Dan, the more effective of the two clerics. P.S. The last parenthetical was for Tim. He makes a great co-host, by the way. P.P.S. Someone recommend a good Scotch whiskey for a change. My restrictive diet doesn't allow for beer.
2: Can we do that last P.P.S. first because it'll sure. be quick? Sure. Um, I have my all-time favorite Scotch is called Aberlour Abuneth. Uh It is spectacularly good. Got 100 points on from Wine Advocate, and I highly recommend it.
1: Is it expensive?
2: Not terribly. It's about sixty-five dollars.
1: Can you get it like almost everywhere? Or do you Total have Total wine and more. Uh, is is more it smoky Bebma or something? Yeah. Is it smoky? A little bit.
2: A little bit. Yeah. Okay. What's it uh, called again? I like uh, It's great. Great story. Uh, the guys at Aberlour were opening a new works and they had to take a nameplate off the wall to do so. And behind it, they found a time capsule. In the time capsule, they found a bottle of whiskey wrapped in a newspaper dated eighteen ninety-six. Wow. Being good so Scottish lads, they drank some of it, uh, but sent the rest off to be to a lab to be analyzed. And this recipe is what came out of that analysis. Um, oh, really? Cool. Spectacular!
1: That's awesome. That's uh, that's great. I love those stories.
3: Um, so there you go. I I like the Japanese uh, Hibiki. Hibiki's that good. That one's really good.
2: Yeah.
1: I don't. I don't drink scotch.
3: I I I drink scotch,
0: but I'd never really pay attention to what the the brand. It's usually the stuff like, that's offered I, to you? Yeah. yeah. Well, I, I like smokier things than non-smokier things.
2: Um, Aberlour is, is, is fairly smoky. I like it. Um, also, last weekend had some Glenfiddich Nectar d'Or, which is also really good.
1: Mm-hmm. Somebody I mean, had something out at FAIR this year. that I think it was a scotch, but it did not taste smoky at all. And I'm so used to everything being smoky. It was weird to like be on that other end of that well, spectrum. Well, a lot of them aren't. A lot yeah. of them aren't. It's I just haven't had bit. one ever until now. <laughs> until then, I'm like, "Wow!" Do you, See,
2: you pre- like the- do you like? You prefer smoky or peaty? Both. Like both? Okay.
3: Um, I, uh, I like. To, I, I like to. Yeah. Those I, aren't. Those aren't ends of a spectrum because right. I. I don't prefer either. Like okay. if it's too, uh, too smoky or too peaty, I'm. I'm turned off by it.
2: Uh, you might want to try Ardbeg, as well. Ardbeg, which <laughs> like Ardbeg, which is also quite good.
3: All right. Like, uh, at, I think it was at Bill's bachelor party. Somebody brought a bottle of scotch that you opened it, and it smelled like someone had just put out a fire.
2: <laughs> See,
3: like that smelled. What I like. That's like, what I like. Like smoke.
0: I want to I want to drink it as if it had been strained through a campfire. You should just
1: do that. <laughs> I would just pour it over a burnt log. Just take a shot of scotch and then chew on like you know a charcoal. Yeah, or charcoal. Exactly. Right. Exactly.
3: I do. Um, I love I love Dan's first PS though, uh, or his parenthetical. The more effective of the two clerics. I play in a in the online five uh, E game with Dan and Tim. Oh, a you do. Of okay. People. Laura runs it, and uh, it's a great game. But Tim is the worst fucking cleric ever. <laughs> oh, don't spoil. He I rolls know. he rolls ones on his heels consistently. Mm-hmm.
1: I know how that feels.
3: Yeah, he's <laughs> awful. Um. My my shape shifting druid is a better healer than he is. Campaign length.
1: Oh, this is a really do good.
3: All, do we all start with? It, he's bringing up something.
0: This is one of those emperor has no clothes things. Yeah. I like think when we open, most of us start campaigns.
3: We usually have something grandiose planned. Absolutely. I think it's either like this big, grand, multi-year story people plan, uh, or or they just start a campaign. With the intention intention that it's never going to end. Right. That it'll go on forever. I don't think many people plan, you know, I'm going to tell this story and then we're going to be done. Right. Which I think if more people did and players knew we've got this much story, you'd see more people being more dedicated to the games and being easier to plan for. Probably. Probably. And I think you also um, would would have
0: players would... Keep enthusiasm because they'd be able to main they'd be able to maintain it because they, they see they know that the end's in sight. Right. <clears throat> the only game I can think of where I planned a short game, um, and I did not from the very beginning was the was the online GURPS fantasy game I ran. Uh, and once I got the player characters, I realized okay, this is not going to be a go and travel and explore places game. This is going to be a we live in the city because all of our they all had contacts or allies or whatever in the city. And mm-hmm. to have them go and leave, all that background stuff that they'd put put into it just all goes away. So I said, well, I'll, I'll do an adventure that takes place in the city. And there was a basically like an insurgent... I, I'm trying to remember. It's been as so long since I ran it. There was like an insurgency or something that was being... De- someone was developing a, like an insurgent army that they were going to march into the city and try to take it over. So, that you know, the the world didn't hang in the balance. The city hung in the balance right but and I think it ran six sessions
1: maybe seven and that's it I usually plan from scene to scene when I was planning out the 4E game that never came to fruition it was going to start out with uh, the, the characters have to go to a town to find out like there's a werewolf attacking the town they want to find out and then from there there was like where did the werewolf come from they go to off to another thing and so it, it would escalate from there and so you could, could basically end each scene after a couple of sessions I would guess Right. and if you just sort of think along those lines eventually because it's me I had this whole sort of like end game story arc kind of thing but it wasn't it wasn't that what wasn't the full goal i was just going from interesting scene to interesting scene and one thing led to another right which of course is a mistake cuz they're not going to go take those those no so you have to you know keep them modular but i would but i i think in a way bill was also do, is doing his traveler game that way he went from he had kind of like this little chunk and then when that's done he had like maybe another mm-hmm. little chunk uh-huh. planned and i think that's the way to make it work i may not be able to make that session
2: um by the way historically i have Started with a very small idea and no idea how it was going to end, and just kind of let it grow. The thing I know when I do that is the people involved and what they're after. So I know what the NPCs want to do. How it's going to turn out, I got no idea. Uh, more recently, I'm getting ready to start a uh, weird, Ro- weird Wars Rome campaign that is specifically eight sessions, start to finish. What
3: happens if they don't finish the story, in eight sessions? Well, it might be ten. That or 12, I don't know. But
2: <laughs> see, therein lies lies a, a concern for me because it's like I don't know.
3: Right. See, I, I would if I wanted if I were to plan a shorter game, I would plan a story yeah. and have in, in mind how many sessions I thought it would take, and then see what the players do it, because they could spend an yeah. entire session trying to figure out how to open a door.
2: Yeah. If it ends up running long, that's fine. Uh, it's not a pro, not not a problem. Um, uh, but there's a, it's the. F- I'm doing a specific starting point, and an ending mm-hmm. point. Um, I know where the game ends.
0: So that's th- those are actions, or, I think I just figured out what it is, but I won't say. Because it's in Rome. <laughs> 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 I just
2: figured it out. Uh, actually, no, it's. I want to Britain. pause the recording and see if I'm right. It's actually in Britain. Oh, it is? The okay, game takes right. place in Britain. Okay. Uh, near the end of the... Towards the end, yes. Okay, all right. Um, the uh, the characters have all decided that they are members of the uh, Ninth Legion, which is the, the Lost Legion, the one that disappeared.
0: Okay, all right. Did you ever read the Lost... What was it? Lost Legionnaires? What was the name of that series? I have not. Fantastic series of books, but it's by who's the guy that does did the alternate World War Two stuff with the aliens, and the, like the
3: the pictures.
2: Oh, that sounds so familiar! God damn it! What's that? Guy's I know what I know
3: the book series you're talking about. I can't remember Mars the Attacks. No, <laughs> no, it was <laughs> <laughs> no, it would had like they right in the middle like the, of World War Two. We get attacked by aliens, so everybody has to come together. To yeah, the, uh, well, it, well, it's like a
0: an alternate alternate history. He d- the guy specializes in alternate history, and in one of them. One of the books for the World War II thing, it shows that picture from Yalta where it's it's Churchill and and Stalin and Roosevelt and there's like an alien laser gun on the tripod mounted on yeah. the ground in front of them. That's like the cover of the book. That's Sweet. cool. Um, that sounds fun. That author did a fantasy series that starts, I think it's called The Lost Legion or something like that, and it starts with um, a legion, a Roman legion, uh, the entire Group, I don't, one hundred and twenty men or however many it was, just boop, disappear in a storm and end up in this fantasy world where there's magic and shit. Um, but they're Romans and they're really well trained. Harry mm-hmm. Turtledove.
3: Harry Turtledove. That's the author. It's the World um, War series, World War in the Balance. Oh, there's like, well, that's that one. That, that's eight the eight books in it. Jesus. Yeah.
2: Sweet.
0: And and some of them are fantastic. But then he but he he wrote a whole cycle on this fantasy world, that a lot of it takes place before, like ten thousand years before <coughs> the all the Roman stuff and stuff like fun. Fun. It's a fun book.
2: I will have to put that in my reading list.
0: I enjoy them, um, pulpy, but that's okay.
2: That's cool. Yeah, I like pulpy.
0: Um, I don't know. I. I See, because like the, the D&D game I'm running right now, I had no idea how long the scope of the thing is going to last. I just figured out there's a thing happening, and that's a bad thing. And if the players stop it, they'll stop it. And if they don't stop
1: it, then that's, they don't. going to happen, yeah. And yeah. And. Your L five R games seemed like it had an endpoint at planned. Uh, it just took us a while to get there. Not at first. It didn't at first. It it did have an point, but you guys never
3: got to it.
2: Right. <laughs> it's right. Typical.
3: We ruined things before we could
0: get <laughs> to the end of it. Yeah. Because
2: the- you're ruiners. <laughs> well, you no, are. it's just it's ruiners just of happy. It, it's
0: just certain plot hooks you didn't take. You just went a different direction. Uh,
1: I mean maybe that's the takeaway from this is that I mean it's great to maybe have an overarching story play that you know it needs to be epic but but if you start following what your players are going to do you're going to end up with these small little vignettes anyway four or five mm-hmm. game sessions where they you know rescue yeah. the elves and and then but that that leads to other things so I, mean, I I guess maybe the GM feels like the pressure like to to make to keep the game going so they have to keep coming up with challenges for the players and and they and eventually it turns into an overarching story whereas Maybe it's just best to just concentrate on the small chunks as the players pick them up, and, you know, and then when yeah. the one ends, you're like, "Do you guys want to keep going with this, or do you want me to? Do you want to do another game of some sort?" Right. I,
2: I think it's risky for a GM to have too firm an idea of how the game's going to end, because as we all know, players turn left. Sure, and you have to be prepared to adjust to that. Mm-hmm. Um, and even if you have some idea of where you think it's going to end up, it may not. They may go somewhere else, and that's okay.
0: Absolutely, I agree. Thank you very much, there, Dan. Uh, And we're on to DM screen from Matt from Indiana. Who would like to read? I'll read
3: it. DM screen from by Matt from Chesterton, Indiana. Greetings, douchebag, assorted douchebags, and ladybags. That just sounds awful, ladybags. (laughs) <laughs> is that like saddlebags? Yeah. I have tried to be a gamer many times. That is to say, I've been consistently disappointed for almost 35 near- years now with the, quote, gamers in my area. That's tragic. <clears throat> what I mean by that is that I have been enamored with R- RPGs since I picked up the D&D basic set in 81, <clears throat> but have yet to actually get into a real game. But I digress. If I actually went into the whole story, this email would be 10 pages long. For a condensed version of the story, go to RPGs and Beer on Tumblr. I have recently gotten back into the hobby with the release of 5e and of course your wonderful podcast has inspired me greatly. Your lighthearted style, obvious love of the and obvious love of the hobby is intoxicating, or is that the beer? Over the last 2 months I've been sandwiching your backlog. <laughs>
2: Been a lot that's, of backlog sandwiches. Yeah. Over it's the like last a meatloaf
3: sandwich. <laughs> <laughs> I have been sandwiching your backlog with your new podcast. I listen to two or three a day and I am currently almost done with season 3, as well as listening to your 5e Eldemey campaign through episode 7. How many episodes are up now? Are they all up? Uh I have to put up 11. You've been a great inspiration in my pushing forward to being a DM. I'm even scaling some adventures for my 11- and 4-year-old daughters to play. Keep up the good work and drink. Now on to my question. I'm li- In listening to episode 7 of your Elden Me campaign, at one point Stu was looking for his DM screen. That got me to thinking, if you had your choice, what would be the best mix of information to have on a screen, and, what, and would you have info on both sides, one for the DM and one for the players? I'm looking forward to listening to the rest of the podcast and getting my first gaming group together, fueled by the ideas you have given me. Roll on. Matt from Chesterton, Indiana. Uh, for location, look at the very southern tip of Lake Michigan. P.S. I have been to the Bristol Ren Faire many times and love that place. I only wish I didn't live so far away, as I would be there every weekend. I'm also a musician. I'm a drummer. Mm, you're a drummer. Uh, yeah, I thought you said musician.
2: <laughs> <laughs>
3: oh. 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 Unless you're a percussionist.
2: It wounds.
3: <clears throat> and absolutely love <laughs> Ren Faire music. P.P.S. We also have a plethora of local breweries producing some of the best brew I've ever tasted. I am currently enamored of Three Floyd's Scottish style ale, very malty.
1: Um, uh, you know what Stu is on record as saying that all GM screens are terrible. They just they never have the information you you need, and and I think he's being hyperbolic, but it's it's uh it's mostly true. Doesn't it seem like it? The fifth edition D and D
0: screen actually probably has some of the most useful information that that's been put on a screen.
1: Uh, applause, applause to yes. that. I
0: think. Um, it's got. Random tables to come up on the fly with uh, NPC um, motivations and personalities. Uh, it has your list of all of your um, what do you call them uh, conditions because you always oh, have to yeah. look that shit up. That's good. Um, it, pretty much everything on it is useful stuff. It doesn't have like oh here's how much here's how much you know a chicken leg costs at a bar. Mm-hmm. which is what the 4th edition one had. Right, it's like, right. oh, look, here's prices
3: for stuff. Well, I can make that up.
2: I, I, yeah. Yeah. That, I, I think I'm it's because
3: 5e is so much more story-driven yeah. that you don't need all those fiddly little tables that like a Pathfinder yeah. screen would have. I'd right. uh, buy that. Yeah. I think uh, the best GM screen I've ever actually seen was the one you had for... I think it was the GURPS game. One of the GURPS games we were playing. It had like the player information on how to make rolls, OCV and DCV, and all that. Uh, that one I made. Yeah. yeah. Oh, that, that was you for, made with a hero, for right? hero. Was it hero? You yeah. had binders with just
1: yeah. Yeah, yeah, I and still and that I was finally awesome. found those. I had lost them, and I found them
3: again. Because I had no idea how to play Hero. I looked up. And, oh, that's what he's rolled.
1: And that brings me to that me my point. It's like there's options now for making your own GM screams. They sell these like yes. blank fold-out things. Uh, yeah, usually for Savage Worlds, but I think there's a couple other aftermarket places. So you can make your own inserts now. Mm-hmm. And I, in fact, did that with um, with my uh, Bang, Freak back. show. There's one of them. The Freak show game. I have like all the information I need on one side, and then I have this like sort of diorama on the outside. My problem with. GM screams is I forget to look at them. Yeah. Right? And then, and then oftentimes the pre-made ones, in my failing eyesight, I can barely read where they are. And I spend more time looking for, I know there's a chart here somewhere, and you spend five minutes scaling through all these tiny fonts, looking, oh, here it is. You know, at that point, I could have just found it or made something up, you know? Um, and as far as player information goes, I'm in the habit now of making player mats. Well, I just hand mm-hmm. out to the players and go. Everything that you are going to need to know is right here on this little. Those map, were so, so helpful yeah. in the uh, in the L five R game. Yeah,
0: for the combat, uh, you, I, you yeah. can't. There is nothing you are going to put, like rules wise, useful on the player side of the screen because the guy at the end, end of the table probably can't read it all anyway.
3: Right.
1: That's that's true. Let's make well, that's why really with big.
3: the with the the hero one, it was it was big. It was big. It yeah. was like one page that was just here is how you roll. Yeah, yeah. It's that. This this is this is the one
0: I'm on the thing there. And uh, this is half of it. Because there's usually two halves that go together and then they clip. And then I had the hero stuff in there, and then the next page was GURP stuff that I made. And then, uh, I don't know what that is. Oh, player characters. That's the other thing. I I think... All GMs do All GM screens, or so... You have to have all the player characters' names, all their like perception roles, mm-hmm. any of the passive roles that they, they, they might have to make, and... Um, uh, personality, like motivations and weaknesses and all that kind of shit. Having that kind of stuff on a screen for me is the best.
2: Yeah, um, <clears throat> That's the stuff I
0: look at more often than anything else.
2: I actually don't use a GM screen anymore, but the best one that I've ever seen is um, a four-panel customized make-it-yourself screen that Mook uses because he doesn't use it as a screen. He put... Um, pages with the information that he needs mm-hmm. on all eight sides and folds it up. And so when he needs something he's like, choop, choop, choop,
0: choop. "Oh, and then let's flip through it." So like a, it becomes okay. like a flip book of, right. of references mm. for Gurps mm-hmm. and
2: um, it's brilliant.
0: Yeah, there's only a couple of things you need for Gurps. There's only a, like a, you need the you need the size range speed chart which gives you all of your die modifiers and it's it hasn't changed since first edition Gurps. And it's fantastic, and it tells you the size of what you're hitting. If it's a certain size, it's gonna it's gonna be easier to hit, or harder to hit if it's very tiny, or if it's moving very fast, same thing. Or the range. It's all on this one chart. It's fantastic. I love uh, it.
2: Also, the one that Mook has, you can get it either landscape or portrait. Mm-hmm. So yeah. that um, when that's, it's that's upright, the vi-
0: that's the vinyl one that has the clear things on yeah, both sides, right? right. I bought uh, one of those for Casey a long time one ago.
1: Peggy, um, he doesn't uh, use it because it, I bought him a pink one. A baby cakes on the forum yep. is saying that the blank screen is forty bucks on Amazon.
2: Uh, well that's uh the one that Pinnacle makes is the one that they're referring to. And it's a three panel and it is forty bucks on Amazon, but it's like twenty eight from direct but from Pinnacle
3: that. also produces PDFs that for all of their games you can
1: download for free.
2: Print them out on cardstock and, and tuck in them in there. there.
1: Yeah. Sweet. And I think that's the takeaway. It's like, because every GM also needs different things. Right. right? Now, like, Stu knows GURPS like the back of his hand, but there might be some things he, he'll put on his Sorry, GM screen that, that you wouldn't need with the standard issue GURPS sure. screen. Yeah. And I think that that's probably true for everybody. And yeah. it'll change. You know, but let's say you're starting a new game that nobody knows. You have a lot of info on your screen. Eventually you start pulling that out and putting other things in now that you've mastered the gaming system.
0: Okay. Babycake says that is the four panel. A four screen one, he says, on Amazon. Uh,
1: 40 yeah, bucks. I'm trying to
3: remember where the one I got. Because I, I think the one I got, Casey, was like 25.
2: Yeah, that sounds. That and sounds like, like the years three ago. And it's no, it was, it
3: was a four panel, and it was you could get it landscape or portrait. Oh.
2: cool. So I know um, I had Baby recommend those. Make your own. Uh, Baby Cake says, "I'm living a life of jealousy of the mooc." Uh, that's true of all of us. <laughs> I know. because when I grow up as a GM, uh, that's what I want to be. Is Half as good as Mook. Uh,
1: there was somebody on the forum saying how much we praised Mook or whatever, and then they played in one of his games, and they went, "Now I get it." <laughs> oh yeah, oh yeah. I've never played in one of his games. Oh, it you looks like the.
2: You
0: really the I've just read his webpage. page. That's wh- that's uh, how I knew him. Was was from that when he he wrote in it with the, the only two comic players, players ago, said, in the greater
1: LA area. Yeah.
0: So he said he was the Mook, and I'm like, oh, I know exactly who this guy is. I've been reading your your web for years. Yeah.
2: The uh, t- to give a shout out. To MOOC, um, there was a discussion going on a while back on the, there's a GURPS group on Facebook, and they were saying so, what are some really good you know, websites for GURPS?
1: The MOOC.net?
2: And I immediately piped up and said, well, I highly recommend the MOOC.net, and because, well, he literally wrote the book on how to be a GURPS GM. That's right. So he really did. He <laughs> yeah, <Yes>. really did. <laughs> it's, which is available for, for which is purchase. Which is available for purchase <laughs> from Steve Jackson Games. I highly recommend it. Not just if you want to run GURPS, but if you want to run anything. Because it's got a lot of spectacular information in it.
1: Yep. There you
0: go. Make your own screen. I have it. Gina got me a uh, book. Uh, she printed a copy the book, of A signed
2: copy.
3: It's not
0: signed. You've got to have him sign it. I I have not read it yet.
2: Uh, It's really good.
0: I'm sure it is. Everything he writes is freaking gold. Email number two from James. Oh, thank you. Thank you, Matt, from Chesterton,
2: Indiana. Uh, you uh, want to do this one? uh, I'll read James. Okay.
1: Hello, Happy Jacks. I'm the 49-year-old grandfather and reborn RPG GM from Memphis, Tennessee. This is my second email. I don't believe I've ever emailed anyone more than once. This time, I have a question. In my Pathfinder game, I have been hosting for my family. I have made what is probably a rookie GM mistake. Actually, one of many as I am still knocking the rust off. To help my daughter's wizard endure combat at early levels, I allowed her to help out a dying dog trainer by running a short last request and a specific burial request. In doing so, he gave her a whistle that allowed her to control an Apollo War Dog. Uh, I'm going to assume Tyler and Apollo War Dog is pretty gnarly. Sure! I gave her a character sheet for a for the dog with a picture of a dog on it she has grown very attached to the dog and has even named it and equipped it with some canine armor that she had specifically made for Alagos, her dog the mistake I made was that I made the damn mutt too powerful it is literally biting its way through my hostile encounters as if I were throwing a raw steak in front of it, even my son's barbarian and son-in-law's paladin cannot keep up in the body count as they level up as they level up the problem will fix itself but I can delay its leveling up Or self oh, because I can delay its leveling up process. I don't want to kill it off because it's really helped her role playing. Having a selfish, elvish diva wizard grow attached to something other than herself is a real joy to watch her play out. Any suggestions to maybe limit this beast's ability to kick ass for a level or two? I guess I can have the stupid dog get a temporary illness from biting a diseased zombie or something, that could limit its effectiveness. I think you all are awesome in these types of suggestions, and I look forward to your answers. I would also enjoy hearing some of your biggest oh shit moments or biggest mistakes as a GM DM. As a side note, I have recently lost 105 pounds and no, not through divorce. If you <laughs> count my divorces, I have lost a great deal, a huge deal more weight than that. I am um thick, being six tall and at the and at the time weighing 325 pounds and climbing high on the wall of age 50, I had to make some changes. So now I lift weights. I do Krav Maga. And spar, and even a Zumba class once a week. Yes, I'm straight. Other than my joints, namely my knees, left elbow, right shoulder, I am in the best shape of my life. I'm not intentionally bragging. Well, maybe a little. But instead, I just wanted to hear. I just wanted to extend success stories to hopefully motivate some of my favorite podcasters uh, that are near the equal age and shape to extend their lives, so that I and many others can enjoy the best podcast ever for many more years. I know that a gaming session is only as good as the carbs served, but hell, if I can do it, anyone can. I guess this brings up another question. Any suggestions on healthy snacks to serve at a gaming session that dieters and non-dieters could enjoy? I'm not talking about rabbit food, carrots, and celery steaks, unless there's a bucket of hot wings sitting next to them. If the question is better answered on a more girly or less man- manly podcast such as RPPR, just tell me to F off and drink another beer. I'm sure my gaming group will probably appreciate it if I served more than one <laughs> serve more than just bacon-wrapped meats and spinach stuffed mushrooms. P.S., I have downloaded from iTunes several Poxy Boggards albums and even Mary Wives and Windsor albums, and am enjoying the fantastic music. I even play them as background music when my PCs enter taverns. Y'all keep up the good work, uh, both podcast and music. Sincerely, James Allen. Well, thank you, James. Um, um, you know what? Actually, I had a character years ago when I was uh, in high school. I was playing a ranger, and he had a half Wonder wolf, half wolf dog, because he was, you know, living in the wilderness, he had a dog, and we kind of had the same problem, because at some point, I'd be like, the dog sicks him, right, and the GM would roll, and suddenly this cone of cold would wipe out that, all the kobolds, and we ended up curtailing, the dog got wounded at some point, so he wasn't as fast, His like, his leg got hurt, and so that slowed him down a bit, but also, uh, he the GM would just, like, forget to play, or the dog wouldn't make great tactical sense, great tactical, like, you know, moves, it's it's tempting to say, all uh, well, right, so I have the the wolf flank the 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 crowd. It's like, well, dogs don't always know the right maneuver to do. Sometimes they just jump ahead and do things like right. a dog would do. So perhaps playing your dog less tactically might help, right? So it, you know, it might just go off. It might chase down the weakest member, right? Or maybe one of them flees and the dog chases after them, and so he's out of the main fight because that's what a dog would do. It would chase after the one that's running. So if you play the dog, if you're playing the dog like it is a tactical wonder, like it's flanking things and stealthing things and chewing, you know, or if she says, "I want the dog to go and attack them," you're gonna you're gonna have to say, well, make a roll to see how well you explain to the dog how That's you want exactly it to do." That's exactly what
3: it. I was going to cover. <clears throat> there going. is a specific skill, and there are rules for having animals nice. attack in combat. Your player must take an action to use the handle animal skill to tell the dog what to do. Right. Um, especially because it's not a familiar or an animal companion that there's a special bond with. Right. So you that would slow things down a little bit. Also, I just looked up the stats for the Apollo. Um, not that bad, so if you made it a little beefier than that, just let it run your game for a little bit because once the players out-level it, 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 things will be on equal ground. Right, and
1: yeah. it's not going to level either. Right. At some
3: point, it's going to become weaker
2: right. than the rest right. of the players. And, yeah, that's a, that's a key thing. Animals don't level like a familiar does or an animal companion does. If you just own a dog, it's that's what it's going to be forever.
3: Um, I would also suggest going through your Pathfinder books and getting rid of the... Um, awaken spell like cut that out so your kid can't see it because that's what she's going to do next she's going to awaken it and give it an intelligence score and then you'll have to role play it and it will uh it will become a follower and then it will just destroy (laughs) your game wreck your day
2: (laughs) um uh, but definitely, you know, like, like Tyler was saying, there are specific rules for governing how you do things. And it takes an action, which means you're not casting a spell this right.
3: round. And animals can only learn, based on their intelligence score, a certain number of tricks. Right. And tricks are things like attack a designated
1: target.
2: So what's your your intelligence score like? A
1: so, I mean... is high. It makes sense to me. Like, I could go get an Australian ta- catalog that's, that's you know, trained to herd sheep and everything, but I don't know how to tell it what to do. Right right i don't know the whistles and the commands and, and i'm sure that's unique to each trainer as well or you know each other and it might be a highly intelligent animal it might be highly trained i just don't know how to tell it what to do so i think making her get, uh have a, some sort of role to to try to motivate the dog to do whatever she wants I, I think it may be part of the problem is you're as a gm are playing it too smartly i think yeah. that's dumb and um, down Dogs as far get as distracted easily yeah, yeah. that's true Just throw some squirrels squirrels in there. Right. And you can easily, like I said, you can easily, if it's a group of mobs, have one of them take off and the dog chases after it. So it's out of the fight.
3: (laughs) You could completely put that that NPC out of commission with one first level druid spell. (laughs) Summon nature's ally. Oh, look, there's seven squirrels. Yeah. They're all (laughs) all over the place. (laughs) Uh, As far as healthy snacks, uh, go high protein. Yeah high protein um don't worry about fat because it's not as bad as people make it out to be so bacon is okay if you're not yeah. eating just pounds and pounds of bacon and if you're exercising um really uh, avoid the high processed foods like that generally come to the gaming table like chips and and things like Pugies that but, and things. Uh, Yeah,
1: yeah you're you're working
3: out a lot too you yeah. lost how much weight um i don't know since i, I In your six, it changes a lot weight six, weight six 65 yeah, yeah, six, yeah. weight, weight, weight isn't, training isn't training weight is not the, yeah i'm <laughs> What I'm doing I'm not going to see a, a reduction in number but I I've lost uh like two belt loop belt holes but you've also gained a lot of muscle mass. Yeah. I I probably I my weight went down about 20 pounds since I started but it's been holding steady where it is as I put on muscle. And how do you feel? I feel awesome. <laughs> like I I can I can do things I, I wasn't able to do before. I mean I I can't I still can't do a handstand. That's one of the things we're working on at the gym right now is handstands but I can I can wall walk into one now. Okay. Where before I I could barely do a push up. Yeah. Yeah. And How many push ups can you do? Um, you can go think, all day. I think no. Uh, <laughs> I'm still not doing strict push ups. I'm doing the two stage push ups where you lift your chest and then your hips because my core is really weak.
1: And you're a, you're a tall but, guy. Uh, gravity's a cruel mistress. I think I was doing like 45 in two minutes. That's great. Wow. Uh, my default snack is actually um, the uh, smokehouse almonds. Oh, those are so good. They're they're healthy. They're fairly healthy when all things come to it. They're they're rich. So a couple of handfuls, they kind of fill you up. Mm-hmm. And they're, they're when you look at it, they're really not that bad for you. And everybody loves them. You know, we, can't uh, go wrong. Low sugar too is yeah. good because sugar is where what is wh- sugar is worse than fat.
2: Yeah, we do a lot with uh, nuts and trail mix and things like that at games.
1: That's right, because uh, Gene uh, is a vegan as well. So yeah, there's Gina's not a vegan. lot of hot wings and stuff there right. anyway.
2: Yeah, no no hot wings. Um, but yeah, we do a lot with trail mix and things like that. Um, we also do a big, big, uh, bowl of carrots, um, and hummus because mm-hmm. carrots by themselves eh, kind of bland, but yeah. you know, different kinds of hummus make it more interesting.
1: Definitely. Mm-hmm. Um, the last game I sponsored at my house, uh, I forgot why I had a game. Oh, it was, we were playtesting. I just had a big bowl of assorted nuts. I can pick up at Costco. And, again, a couple of handfuls, and people are satiated. It's salty. They're nice. Yeah. That was um, a
2: gaming group, you had a room full of assorted nuts anyway. <laughs> that's
1: true. Oh. Mm-hmm. And, of course, beer, you know. It, nuts go well with beer, so you can't really go wrong.
2: What doesn't go well with beer?
1: Um, uh, if you really want your players to, to
3: love you, learn to make scotch eggs. Oh, scotch eggs. They're super simple to make. And uh, if you don't bread and fry them, they're actually fairly healthy. A lot of protein in them.
1: There was a, that was my breakfast at fair. You, bake them? Booth.
2: you yeah, bake, them. bake them? Okay. Cool. Mm. Yeah, I bake them.
1: Cool. Yummy.
3: I've posted it on Facebook because enough people have asked me for the recipe on it. <laughs>
0: uh, well, Do you have another question? It, too? It's Stu's neck and, and hand cam. So I'm giving the Show them, them
1: the hand, yeah. <laughs> I'm a hand model, can you tell? <laughs>
2: <laughs> <laughs> so thanks, for Oh,
1: me. yeah, the oh shit mm. moments. Anybody you had any other oh shit moments? Like, oh my god, I've just given the characters a deus machina. Oh, <coughs> shit. Um, uh, Rhinoceroses. <laughs> recently? <laughs> recently, yeah.
3: In the Pirate Pathfinder game, I, I gave them a ship and a crew.
2: I did that, too.
3: And, in our pirate game. Oops. And then I realized, why wouldn't they just be taking the majority of the crew into things and now I'm going to have a combat where there's 18 PCs against uh-huh. my NPCs. And the players were actually really good about it, and they said... um, at most, they would each bring one person with them, and they're all they're all using nPC levels, so none of them they don't have class levels they're all like expert or right uh adept and things like that, so their spells aren't great but uh <coughs> it it yeah. I, I w- went oh shit
2: what uh, what my group decided with the same exact situation was um, the members of the crew are not there unless there's a reason why they need them to be there. So if they are boarding another ship, which they've taken to doing fairly often, then yes, they're going to be there. But they have to roll them. It's their problem what they're <coughs> doing, and it's their problem to roll them. And um, if they forget to do it, it's then they just didn't do anything that round.
3: <coughs> yeah, I, I won't run the, the NBCs for them. I wouldn't back when I, we were
1: still playing that game. But uh, they would have Excuse to me. decide what they did. Yeah. It, was, it reminds me of that email we had a couple, of, a couple of sessions ago where the people had these ships full of thousands of people. Yeah. Right? Right. They were like, how do, you, how do you justify the players doing anything when they could just send an away team of 500 you know, marines at something? Um,
2: yeah, what they were doing in, in that particular game, because I remember listening to that, what I would do is um, I would switch to using, you don't even have to use miniatures, but just use the Warhammer mass combat rules for right. things like that. That would be another way to approach that problem. Um, it would take a little finagling, but you could do that as well.
1: I think my recent oh shit moment was giving Casey the Illustrated Man. Because uh, Casey's a min-maxer, and the Illustrated Man is probably the one that's that can be min-maxed the most because it has all these various powers, and he had a great time with it, but he uh, towards the end of the game, he was starting to master almost every situation because he he, could, he knows how to play these things.
2: As Casey will be. That's
1: uh, the only oh shit I can think of. It's not really an oh shit. It's more of like, a you go, man.
2: <laughs> yeah. So, So next email. So there it is. Letter from Jonas Larson. Hi, Happy Jacks. In this letter, I present three things to you. A request, a story, and a question. First, my request. I think it's time for you to have another crossover with that other inferior podcast, whatever it's called, Afraid of the Shoes or something. (laughs) They have gotten really (laughs) weird without your guiding influence. Last episode only consisted of one guy whispering, Gnarl, are you there? <laughs> and someone trying to sing Jingle Bells through their sobbing. I don't even know what that's
1: hysterical. I love their podcast. I, just, I guess I should catch up on them, because I want to know why, where Gnarl was. I,
2: I don't know. Uh, please set them straight again. A crossover is just what they need. Now, on to my story.
0: Uh, just very quickly, I uh, I emailed Dan about that a couple weeks ago,
2: three or four weeks ago.
1: I
0: haven't heard back from him, but he, he, I think he's very busy. So, pester them about it, too.
2: I believe so. Uh, Now, on to my story. Most of the stories that are sent to you are of the horror kind. So, I thought I would do something different and send an anti-horror story. I recently stepped down as GM and ventured over to the player's side for a steampunk espionage Savage Worlds campaign. I decided to try to play a female character, one of the other players. Let's call him Hamlet decided to craft his character into a rough military man. Hamlet also decided that his character should be a sleazy chauvinist dick. So, he hit on my character constantly. Most of our in-game conversations went like this. Everyone get behind me so I can take out the assassin. I don't mind getting behind you, if you know what I mean. Please, can we focus on the assassin? I don't mind focusing on your ass-assin, if you know what I mean. I'm a big, hairy Scandinavian guy. (laughs) That was the wrong button. (laughs) (laughs) But it's it's somehow appropriate. It's appropriate. (laughs) I liked it. Um, I'm I'm a big, hairy Scandinavian guy. Not a fat beard, more like a long beard. And was not used to being treated in this way. Really? You think? It felt awful and tarnished the role-playing experience for me.
1: As a side note, now you know some of the things girls and women who are gaming up with. have to put up with, yeah. right? We <sighs> just think of it as funny, and they're like, "This is no, not—it's not
2: funny. Not funny." Yep. Uh, later at home, I asked the hypothetical question: "What would the hosts of Happy Jacks tell me to do?" Since I didn't know how to impersonate Charles Nelson Reilly. <laughs>
3: How's that for a topper?
2: <laughs> well
1: timed, well timed. And I also think that's hysterical.
2: <laughs> I instead opted to put on my grown up pants and have a genuine adult conversation with the other player, explaining how I felt and asking him to play his character differently. It worked like a charm, and we have since then had a fantastic campaign with high drama, intense action, and intriguing role playing. If I hadn't been a Happy Jacks listener, I would have probably just turned in a new character to escape the problem. I'm glad that I didn't.
1: Communication.
2: It's, it's key. <laughs> this story maybe isn't your usual cup of tea, but I wanted to inform you that your advice sometimes actually helps.
1: I like to put that sometimes. Sometimes. Right? Some, By a, accident. Just to qualify oh, yeah. it. By that, accident. Right. <laughs> now, <laughs> Even a broken
0: clock is right, is right twice a day. A
2: day. Now <laughs> to my question. What do you do if your friends have started to listen to the show and you, in the later seasons, have sent several letters detailing their stupid and embarrassing behavior? Is there a subtle way to handle this situation?
0: (laughs) Don't have them listen to the backlog. Uh, With
2: regards, Jonas Larson. (laughs) Um, My answer here is when they bring it up, you point and mock. (laughs) I just, you know. like, Yeah, you you did that. And now everybody knows. I'm a
1: different Jonas Larson. I don't know what you're (laughs) talking about. Uh, I, I would. I, I, at some point, you're just going to have to have to put on your big boy pants again and have an adult conversation with them and say, "Guys, if you continue to listen to this, there might be some notes about you. I was younger. I needed <laughs> advice. Please, <laughs> if uh, you go to
2: this website, you might see people you know. Right?
1: Yeah. That's, <laughs> it's kind of that whole thing, right? Like, uh, I was really drunk last night. Uh, can I? You know, if there were pictures taken, can I? Please, yeah, something like that. Just let them know ahead of time. Because, uh, yeah, otherwise it's going to be a lot of, like, they're going to show up and, like, yeah, you know.
2: Yeah, you did that thing, and now everybody knows about it, so.
1: Uh, yep. Yeah. Dude, you're going to have to own it. The At way you point. handle the situation
3: is when when they say, hey, did you write an email about me? You go, yeah. Yes. Because
1: you did some stupid <laughs> shit. <laughs> exactly. And their advice was great. Did you notice how well they handled it? And And things changed since then, so. <laughs> yeah, you're just going to have to own it. I mean, it's it's an inevitability.
3: I love how most of our our advice comes down to uh, talk like adults, grow <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> <Right. laughs> up. <laughs> yeah, it's almost all of
0: it, not all of it, but a lot of it. Whenever it's a conflict, yeah, yeah. it's just talk like adults because it's just a game.
2: It's just a game.
0: Or Go be on. like you know, super passive aggressive and throw shit at people while on their back. That's I also true. suggest doing that's a downtown. good one.
3: That's Getting- solid advice. <laughs> it is. <laughs> it isn't Resolve for the gaming table content. and life. It is. It is especially and, and work. That's amazing for the workplace. <laughs>
1: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, in that case, it, it, uh-huh. then take this advice, Jonas. Just deny everything. I don't know what you're talking about. What? I have no idea. What? What, what, what podcast? What, I don't know anything about a it podcast. Just, yeah, just stick to that the entire <laughs> time. Have my wiggle in your eye or whatever. <laughs> Happy who? I have no but, idea. Inter inter what? Is inter-
2: this what is this podcast what's you speak of? <laughs> Jax the what? Just deny Jonas Larson. No, 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 no. Get just
3: just pretend to be asleep. Yeah, <laughs> or you didn't hear them. Did you?
1: Pretend <laughs> you fall into a
2: coma. <laughs> you suddenly develop narcolepsy.
0: Are you having a heart attack?
3: Oh, Elizabeth! This, this
0: is it. This, I'm to see it.
2: <laughs> <laughs> this is the big one. This uh, is the big one.
1: Yeah, if you, I think if you keep that up, they'll get the idea. Like, oh, okay. <laughs> All right. All
0: right. Getting oh.
1: players out of their comfort
0: zone from Zombie. Hey, Jackhammers and gentlemen. I am a new and very inexperienced DM whose experience only goes as far as a single one-shot in 4th edition D&D. However, I have been doing a lot of homework and have been very interested in running the new D&D 5e for my friends. I love the new stream line... Streamlined system, and bigger emphasis on character story and role play with the inspiration advantage disadvantage system. It isn't going to be anything extravagant, but just something to get my players' feet wet in this unfamiliar in these unfamiliar waters. Herein lies my problem. <clears throat> my players have been playing Pathfinder for the last year and swear it is the best role playing system in the history of RPGs. While they enjoy role-playing well enough, a couple of them get lost in the min-maxing of their characters. No! I'm shocked! No! Shocked, I tell you.
2: I am astounded. I, I, I can't imagine.
0: Making sure every modifier is to their advantage while making characters for the future game session... While making characters for our future game session, as I handed them basic character sheets, they took one look and gave me a confused, this is it? One one even proceeded to ask me if there's more detail, there is a more detailed or in-depth character sheet. You
1: imagine, you're like, is this it? Are you kidding me? Is there is there a more in-depth character sheet that you're holding out on? What? That, what?
2: <laughs> Fate character sheets yeah. that drive them insane.
1: It's a little index card. Right? Uh,
2: no, there are no numbers.
1: Well, uh, is this it? Yep, that's <laughs> it. You, are you sure?
0: Well, you, you, you can use numbers. You, Did you can this use up right? numbers. Right. In fact, don't you kind of translate it into numbers anyway that's the one thing about it that i thought was kind of so i have to memorize all of these no no you, you can just use the number numbers, for numbers.
2: But the numbers are only like you know plus one to plus it's very know. limited it's, right it's, well, that's it's in an it. array between one and, and three there and three is three no and there is no math involved
0: right well it's simple very simple addition okay, it's or kindergarten math right <laughs> as opposed
2: to hero which is fourth grade math
0: yeah, it's much true. harder than. Yeah, it no,
2: it's <laughs> fourth grade math. It's just adding. It's fractions.
0: I'm gonna give. I'm gonna give my sis, my my daughter who's in fourth grade a hero book and see if she can <laughs> tell extrapolate, me extrapolate right. How, how do I do a two okay. hit if I don't know the the D C V? Figure that out, Allie.
2: <laughs> okay, <laughs> I know Allie, and she will throw the book at you. I know
0: she will. She, and then she'll pick the book up and figure it out. Yes, It'll make me look stupid. Uh, the. D- 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 uh, more detailed or in-depth character sheet, I could tell they were really trying to give their characters b- the best possible stats and kept questioning the relevance of character backgrounds. <laughs>
1: <laughs> was what is this roleplay? Was What is, das, <laughs> was is das background?
2: We don't need no stinking backgrounds, man.
1: Just let them
0: know that it gives them like extra skill stuff sometimes, <laughs> right? <laughs> and then they'll be they, you get extra
2: feats for that. Right? Oh no,
0: <gasps> yeah, feats. You can have feats in in uh, in in fifth edition but i we're not i'm not i'm not pulling that plug or pulling that trigger because fuck that yeah i take it as a bad omen for things to come yes my hope is to show them that you can have fun with rpgs without being min max murder hobos I myself am involved in a Pathfinder game, but didn't particularly care for the heavy emphasis on having ten modifiers to determine if I hit the guy standing in front of me with a sword. Don't get me wrong, Pathfinder has its merits, it's just not my cup of tea. How do I see, how do I help them see that telling the story can be just as fun, if not more so, than just killing anything you can get your hands on? Or, is there something wrong with me? Am I not giving Pathfinder a fair shot? Is there something I can do to get myself into their frame of mind? Question number two. Do you want to address that first and then go into question number two? I'll just read it. Question number two. I want to explore other RPGs, more specifically RPGs of the science fiction genre. What are some of your recommendations? How can I pitch it to my friends to try it out without criticizing it too hard? without them criticizing it too hard or comparing it to their ever beloved Pathfinder. Thank you for the show
1: and take a drink. You know, question 2 might actually resolve some of question 1. Because might- I was going to recommend <laughs> of course Mongoose Traveler. That is all about creating a background and it might actually get them in like, "Oh, interesting. So this whole background thing can be useful."
3: Min-maxers hate random character generation. They do, yes, they do. But yep. how do you get your how do you how do I help them see that telling the story can be just as fun as if not more so than just killing anything and get your hands on, have them play five E Yeah. because you still get that. You can still make those fiddly little min maxed characters, but you don't have the ridiculous bloat of Pathfinder. Um, you just have advantage or disadvantage. You don't have to count how right. many times there's you get a, it. There isn't a ton. There's, there's very few things that give you plus ones or plus twos. Um, Magic items are back to their to original D anD D rarity, you know. Um,
2: um, sorry to interrupt. I just glanced at the chat and they're saying the stream oh, yeah. is choppy or in and out or has been down for or quite has been some time. down for quite some time.
1: Oh, that's unfortunate.
3: Um, I I love Pathfinder. I I I think Pathfinder fixed all the things that was wrong He's with good. three point five, but good. it it has. Uh, gotten way too bloated there's it's it is a game for players so there 's a ton of splat books and a ton of different things for players to buy to take to their GM and say i want I want to play this race class whatever and it's it's incredibly excessive Five e doesn 't have that now uh, and the system is a lot more streamlined it has like the the advantage and disadvantage you 're not going to have ten different plus one and plus two modifiers and mm-hmm. <coughs> You don't have to do the algebra equation to figure out, and then figure out, oh, do I have conflicting modifiers, things like that. Uh, I I just got invited to play in a 20th level Pathfinder game, and it took me like three days to make a character. And then comparing it with some of the other characters in this game, uh, there's a barbarian whose average damage is like 130 per swing. And Pathfinder is just, it's super bloated. There's a ton of stuff in there, and it's definitely a mid-maxers game. And 5e, I think, is better than that.
2: So far. Would it be a dick move? It'll get there. Because it is a class-based game, it will get there.
3: It will definitely get there. And uh, I think that's the problem. And Uh, there are feats as at least an optional rule. Right. Right. Either you die a hero, (coughs) or you live long enough to have $7,000 worth of supplements.
2: Right.
1: (laughs) Would it be a dick move for the GM to just contrive... Uh, scenarios that are less combat oriented. No, because they would just kill their way through it. <laughs> well, but, but maybe it, I mean, maybe killing is is forbidden. Maybe you set up something like you do in L Five R, where there's a consequence for it, or we, so, you you <clears throat> have to go rescue a puppy. <laughs> Devil's advocate. In the if there's a consequence for killing,
3: they kill somebody. Somebody shows up to arrest them. Arrest them. They kill that guy. Someone shows up to hunt them down. They kill that guy. They can just keep killing people.
2: They, they send in an army to arrest them.
3: PCs die and they're pissed off that you ruined the game.
2: On the <laughs> other hand, on the other hand, up to this point, they will probably have been loving it they and having absolutely. a spectacular time. You know
3: what? There you go. Um, uh, who, who wrote this email? Zombie. That's how you do it. You just let them escalate. Until you kill them all, and then you say, "All right, guys, time for a new game." Mongoose Traveler, <laughs> Mongoose Traveler,
2: Savage Worlds, you know, GURPS. You could throw fate at them, but you'll break them.
3: I had I had a moment of longing for Savage Worlds the other day, specifically Necessary Evil.
1: It's like, so I'd, sweet. I'm I'm thinking I'm gonna do a short term game in that I soon. I'm I've actually had the hankering to play a superhero game myself. I just I have fond memories of back in the day playing Champions, which was hero zero and it was so much fun just you know playing your iron Man character i i I read some of the greatest news the other day greater than games the (coughs) company that puts
3: out the card game sentinels of the multiverse that i i inflict on people at cons and such yeah uh they're working with a company to write a role-playing game based on the sentinels
1: world nice so oh really yeah i'm really looking forward to that I think everybody cuz it's a new superhero game. Everybody that games right. should and play a superhero champions. game at one point in their life. Just just try one or two sessions or something yeah. cuz there's so much fun. Uh whether it be in the Hero System or whatever, but just play a superhero someday. The last superhero game I played
3: in that I wasn't a GM at was um Kimmy and Phrase one at the first like one the, of the first cons we did, the high school game. Yeah. That was the last time I played oh, the in a superhero game. game. <clears throat> Everything Wild else Talents I've run. is another option. Wild Talents is a great, great it's game. I system. forgot about that. Yeah, and it's cheap. Yeah, that's what I like about some of these, like Savage Worlds. Sure, Price there's a right. ton of books, but they're no, none of them are more than thirty bucks, um, and you don't need all of them.
2: Yeah, uh, and, and your, core, your core core book is ten bucks. bucks. Yeah. On the Savage Worlds, the weekly Wednesday Savage Worlds GMs hangout, uh, we we went through and created three different. Game settings using nothing but core rules. Yeah, and it took us it took us like two weeks. Great shot of it. your head there, Stu. The <laughs> <laughs> really <laughs> <It's laughs> <no laughs> taking the it's entire like, oh, camera. It's, oh, oh it's like God. a planet. Yeah, its, its own weather it really system. Really does.
1: It looks like Saturn <laughs> with your headphones on. <laughs>
2: <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, and you know, using we did a, a post apocalyptic game. We did um, uh, a BattleMex game, and we did a cyberpunk game. We created these settings using nothing but core rules, and did not change any rules.
3: I'd be interested in some information on that Battle Met game because I've always been wanting to run a Power Rangers Savage Worlds game.
2: That's actually exactly the game that we played when we did the example. It was That's awesome, kind of a Power Rangers kind of game. It was a ton of fun. A great exercise. Um. I wouldn't be
1: surprised on the Pinnacle website if there isn't a skinned up Power Rangers game for Savage Worlds. They have that whole list of things. Yeah, up. I, wouldn't I'm, be surprised if I you haven't find
2: looked, one. but I'm. I'm one of my is. favorite sure skins
3: that someone has done for it was Savage Potter,
1: and it was the Harry Potter.
2: Latest. Oh, that's
1: so awesome! That's another yeah, you go to, it's still there. I haven't checked in a while. I'm, I'm sure it's still there. Is that people oh, yeah. have written and reskinned stuff. Oh yeah. And yeah. You can just download all this stuff for free. Yep. And they're a lot, oftentimes really well thought out. Yeah. <laughs> they usually come with an adventure, some character sheets, some monsters and oh, things there was but a, it's such a neat, neat well, resource. That's what, the, the the Ghostbusters, the first actual play I did,
0: was um, that with the Savage World's Ghostbusters. That was some guy some guy just did that on the internet and it was free and had all of the rules for all of the equipment right. in the animated series and in the movies. Came with figure flats of a bunch of Ghostbusters and a bunch of ghosts and monsters and all kinds of shit. Love that.
1: That's it. That's a, yeah. That's another great reason to make, pick Savage Worlds for things because the resources are out there. People have just reskinned stuff, and I mean, as time goes on, I'm sure there's probably everything. I know there's multiple Star Wars skins, so. Uh, and you know, there's a couple Firefly skins yeah it's, I go oh, to yeah. the Pinnacle website you might have, have to look a little but they have like under resources or something and there's just this giant list you mm-hmm. click on it and it takes you to free stuff so anyway uh, who's uh, who wants La- to last next? one last my one. gaming
3: success story from John
0: oh, oh, you might want to break this up it's time. long
3: dearest Jackers
1: he, he's he's a good reader he's a teacher he I'd like fast.
3: to thank you guys for being the primary resource a in a lone <laughs> DM <laughs> we got a reader <laughs> <laughs> I'd like to thank you guys for being the primary resource in a lone DM's quest to bring this hobby to life in the absence of any local help. For that, cheers and take a drink. Huzzah! I'd like to share a gaming success story and ask a couple of quick questions. I'm a late bloomer. The age of 31 years, I bought the core 4th edition D&D books and recruited some fellow 30-something non-gaming buddies who, for whatever reason, trusted me with hours of their time to try out this strange and silly game. Um, I'm glad to see that you continued playing after 4th edition. <coughs> yes. didn't let that ruin
1: it and i'm also mm-hmm. glad that you appreciate your gamer buddies for i mean your sentence right here for whatever reason trusting me with hours of their time it is kind of a, a yeah a it's sacred trust you know they handed it to you're like look i could be going out and you know get drinking beer and getting laid i'm trusting you to entertain us here you know, so
3: that's cool i ran them through keep on the shadow through the keep on the shadow fell module and things clunked and chugged along never really feeling like the epic adventures i'd imagine this game had to offer None of us really knew what we were doing, though we had a good enough time whacking kobolds and death jump spiders. <laughs> After about a year, the game sputtered out. I partially blame 4th edition's many shortcomings for this hiatus. Our character sheets were five pages, of which four were combat powers. Way to inspire role playing wizards.
1: <laughs> yeah. Yep. Uh, was ist das I, Somebody
3: a long time ago said that 4th Edition was
1: di- designed for MMO players. Yep, yep. And it, it really <coughs> was. Tappy used to say it's a great little miniatures game yeah. with, uh, with some playing in between.
3: When 5th Edition came out, I grabbed the starter set with no idea who I'd play it with. My old group were cold on the idea. But by then, I had done a bunch of reading on the RPG, Dungeon World and Savage World subreddits. Just reading the Apocalypse and Dungeon World source books had taught me a ton about the eldritch art of GMing. And the acknowledgments in Savage World source books led me to, you guessed it, the Happy Jacks podcast. <clears throat> Cue applause.
1: Awesome. Yeah, and we're buried in a big list, too. I mean, you had to go through all of that to find us. It's not I, that big of a list, isn't it? No, no. It's in the deluxe edition.
3: I assured my friends I had something special planned, and somehow they agreed to give it another chance. And your advice was critical in running a one-shot two years later with the same group of friends that exceeded all of our expectations. I ran an adventure inspired by Penny Arcade's The Changeling Baby. There's a link for it. Jerry Holkins' adventure involved a cool framing device and has the players caring for an infant that is thrust on them by a dying elf mother. This resonated with my group as I thought it might, as one of the players had just had a baby himself. (laughs) No, he didn't give birth himself. He tricked another human into doing the heavy lifting for him.
1: He used his wiener. (laughs)
2: The part it's of that statement <laughs> that cracked me up the most was the last bit.
1: Absolutely, I like I like tricking another human being into having a lift. That's hysterical.
3: I, I I deal with kindergarten through eighth graders all day, and whenever one of them says the word wiener, I can't not crack up. <laughs> I know <laughs> it's like it's so hard. It's in Jerry's adventure, the characters are swept merrily from one combat encounter to another by a mysterious and powerful NPC in a horse-drawn carriage. Everything I'd heard on your podcast told me that this powerful NPC would break immersion and disenfranchise the players. Instead, I trusted the helpless baby, the dying elf mother's pleas, and a symbol of Avondra and the baby's swaddling would be enough to point the way.
1: I call shenanigans because I don't think we've ever used the word disenfranchise. Because that's really, really smart, and I'm, we're not that smart. <laughs> <laughs> they used an inventive combination
3: of spells. Our druid cast Fog Cloud and our warlock immediately used his misty step to confuse the were-rat thugs who arrived and demanded the baby. In my version, the medallion pointed our brave adventurers through a fetid swamp where they found a strange magical artifact in a ruined stone tower. They were ambushed by lizard folk at the tower who insulted them and refused to let them pass until they killed a neighboring green hag.
1: Ha, ha, ha. Were they French? <laughs> <laughs> you know, my favorite actually, whenever I think of green hags, I think of um, I shall taunt you a second time! I think of Legend, uh, <clears throat> which is right. a terrible movie, but there's that, like... It's an amazing movie. Yeah. Well, alright. You have... You, you live in your world, and I'll live in mine. <laughs> it's got Tim Curry
2: as a giant friggin' devil.
1: You don't know it's Tim Curry. And it's got some creepy like, kid playing a brownie, and, oh, yeah, and it's got Tom Cruise in well, it. The, yeah. I was going to
2: say the only downside is it has Tom Cruise in yeah. it, but...
3: Uh, the players could have simply killed the lizard men and thus passed on that passed on the hag's treasure, which proves to be particularly helpful in the climactic encounter. But they eventually agreed to fight the hag. To my disappointment, our fighter succeeded on a saving throw and didn't get turned into a toad in the heat of battle. It's always so disappointing. I know. I hate well, it when it happens. Fi- <laughs> I played the Pathfinder game where uh, it was a three point five, where our rogue got turned <coughs> into a chicken in the middle of combat. Mm-hmm. Nice and. Uh, it completely derailed the game because oh, yeah. he he role played it.
2: Oh yeah! Um, <laughs> in our in our pirate game, uh, in a fight, I polymorphed um, uh, Matt Fuller's character into a gecko, <laughs> and to this day, he will like periodically do you know lizard things like.
3: Nice.
1: <laughs> Never really goes away.
2: Nope. Uh,
3: finally, our rogue became the knight's MVP when a werewolf demanded his daughter back outside the temple of Evandra. The rogue simply
1: handed it over. Then stabbed the
3: villain in the back while he was thus distracted. <laughs> right, he goes,
1: oh, turns his back, he takes the baby, turns his back, poke, Chunk. pokey, pokey, poke. Two of the
3: players were also bitten by were-rats and failed their saving throws, so they ended up cursed themselves. To my surprise and delight, my friends are demanding I run another game as soon as possible. Yeah, you can't not run more games when you give your characters lycanthropy. Oh, yeah. Right. right. Oh, yeah. like You have to let that play out. My questions follow. My players ribbed me about the obvious plot hook and threatened, out of character, to just hand the baby over to the werewolves rats yeah, we all it. and that. everyone else. We
1: all do that, yeah. We're like, I see your plot hook, but I'm going to do it anyway because it seems like fun.
3: Their characters went along with the obvious plot hook cheerfully enough, but I wonder if I could have somehow made things feel more natural, or given the players a more real choice that wouldn't involve an entirely different adventure if they chose to abandon the child. Is it sometimes enough to simply railroad, especially in a one-shot adventure, if the rails lead the players on a fun roller coaster with a satisfying conclusion? I know we hate just jumping right to the answers, but uh, yes, that is enough.
2: Yes, that, in a one-shot adventure, adventure railroad
3: uh-huh. the shit out of them. Um, as long as
2: they're
1: having and fun, and especially yeah. their new also, players as well, so they yeah, need maybe a bit of a guiding hand. Guidance. okay.
2: Also, two things: one, sometimes we make choices for character reasons. Sometimes we make choices for player reasons, and sometimes we make choices. Because you're playing a fucking game. Yeah. Also, yeah. the word game is one-third of role-playing game. It's not a bad thing to to have the game be part of what you're doing, because it is part of what we're doing.
3: Definitely. Also, a humble suggestion. In your discussion in uh, Season 14, Episode 13, you discussed how to handle players who blunder into harm's way. The Powered by Apocalypse system's distinction between soft and hard GM moves make all the difference in my games. When I feel the players have stumbled into harm's way, despite good tactical choices and roleplay, it's always an option to instead introduce complications, put them in bad spots, knock them on their faces, etc. This concept acts as sort of a mortar, covering the cracks between my idea of what's happening and the player's understanding of the fiction. It has helped me a lot. Love you guys, John Bronson.
2: It's a really good idea. Yeah, definitely.
3: Uh, If... If the players aren't doing stupid shit and bad things happen to them, like, and they, you know, they they fumble a roll or your G, your NPCs roll really well, don't soft. punish them. Go soft. Go soft. If they do repeated stupid things and you warn
1: them and give them outs and they don't take them, then you can
2: smack kill. them hard. Yeah,
1: that's one of the reasons when I have them, if somebody rolls a critical fail, I have them decide the punishment. Sure.
2: Which will almost inevitably be worse than what you would have thought of anyway. Yeah, yeah. But,
1: but uh, it's also it's in their hands now. They don't yeah. feel like oh, you're yeah. picking on them, and now they and I've seen their eyes light up. You know, and now right. all of a sudden they're at this like, do I do? How do I? Oh my god! Right. And if
3: they pick the the, the punishment, uh, no one
1: can get mad at you for what happens as a result of it. Right. Right. And it's and that way you're, you know, they're they're introducing their own complication. It's not you.
2: I just as a rule try to have the players narrate everything that happens, good, bad, or indifferent. Whatever's going on, it's for them to narrate, not for me.
1: Yep. Always a good one. P.S.
3: Beer suggestion. Do any of you guys dig on left-hand milk stout? It's my favorite, even though the milk sugar gives me the rumbly-tumblies, a.k.a. mud butt, a.k.a. sputtering butthole.
1: That's not much of a recommendation. <laughs> That's not information that I even need. Drink this it. beer, it'll make you shit. Yeah. <laughs> uh,
3: I kind of want to try it now. <laughs> for my, uh, my YouTube channel. You should. PPS.
0: Pops. Do you have a GoPro in your, installed in your toilet bowl? Oh, God. <laughs> Do you have a
3: colostomy Why not? bag? I'm pretty sure, you, wave can't, wave I'm pretty sure you
1: can't put that on YouTube. Do you have a colostomy bag so you can make it don't through show the your butthole. podcast?
3: Don't,
1: <laughs> just, just show You have poop. it pointing down? Oh, <laughs> <Yeah>. God. Uh,
3: <laughs> stew. See, stew. you know what? And if I don't, I can just pour a can of beef stew in there, and no one will know.
0: <laughs> right? <laughs> and that's all you have to say if they say, hey, you can't put that up. It's no, beef I just, stew.
3: I just poured some soup, soup. dinty more. <laughs> pps books i forget who suggested leviathan wakes mm-hmm. in a recent episode that, well, that was would be Jim, too, that was his hand. but it is so damn good yes it is i am also sort of obsessed with jack vance thanks to appendix n and on the comic side of things brian von saga and rick Rem- rick Remender's black science any fans of these authors on the podcast
1: i love saga saga's remarkable saga's, saga's fantastic
3: great. um i actually just recently did a a request for good comics to read. And I had, uh, lock and key recommended to yeah. me. Yep. That's a really good one. Um, and Joss Whedon's run on astonishing X-Men.
1: It's like 26 I issues. I haven't seen that one yet, but I've heard it's fantastic. It. I've yeah. been recommending, um, uh, uh, Jesus, it started out. Phil Foglio's online webcomic. He actually put them all in comics as well. Um, G- uh, Girl Genius. Girl Genius. Girl Genius. Yeah. Um, and then I think everybody out there needs to read Bone. The, the Scholastic is collected when it looks like a phone book, but it is, mm-hmm. it's all of the, I don't know, 50 or 60 issues that they put <coughs> out or more, maybe 100. And it is fantastic. It, everybody looks at it. I gave it to Kimmy, who goes, I don't like funny animal books. I'm like, this isn't what you think. You read this. And so she started, I said, when you get to the great cow race and you don't like it, you can put it away. But she read the whole thing, and said, that's one of the best things I've ever read. Yeah. its I highly recommend it to everybody. It's the most popular comic in the world that nobody's ever heard of. Uh, right? Right it's been translated mm-hmm. into like every language but you've never heard of it have you? I've heard of both. Okay. Yeah. But I recommend it to everybody except for Stu because now that i recommend it, he won't read it. Mm. No. You, <laughs> you, you, you pushed me too much on this. I mentioned it once.
3: <laughs> if you need more book recommendations uh, the Sandman Slim series by Richard Kadrey is fantastic. Um, I Larry recommend Correa's
1: any- Monster Hunter International. And I recommend anything by Eli Um I think he writes really great stuff. His Recluse Saga stuff is remarkable. Yeah. I've
3: I've seen his name on books. I don't think I've he's ever read it. He's very oh. prolific. Got, he's got like 60 books out there. The Lies of Locke Lamora series by Scott Lynch is probably one of the best book series I've ever read, too. There you go. There you go. All right. But now uh, now I'm going to go have to check out Leviathan Wakes.
2: Yep.
0: So I'm going to call it. Oh, All right. I finally got everything. I think I've mentioned this a couple times. Juggernaut. We have to arrange yes. a Juggernaut game. I don't know when, but at some point we have to do that.
3: My, I'm my, I'm, free all the time now.
0: Okay.
1: What's, a, what's a Juggernaut game?
0: Uh, Bully Pulpit Games, which made Fiasco, made a game called Juggernaut. Uh, it takes place in like the 1950s, and uh, you work at a place where you've invented a computer that predicts the future.
1: Oh, that's um, awesome.
0: So there's a deck of cards, and you flip the cards, and the, and you each have a preset character in the game. Do you do you make up your character or do you draw it from a No, there's like list? six characters okay. that are already made that come with the game. You each take one of them and then you draw a card and that each card is a prediction from the computer. And during the course of the game, you have to make that come true. Whatever it says on the card. So it's sort of like, a. they describe it as a, a sort of a quasi-role-playing game that is also an experiment in
1: free will. Very interesting. So, Lady Blackbird kind of has that too. It's sort of like a comedia troupe. You have this group of stock characters, and you have this, like, sort of complication. And however you what that plays out is, right. is but it's kind of the same thing, like a comedia troupe. You have these same characters, but all the characters can. Every time you see the show, it can be different. The capitano might be the villain. He might be the hero. The the you know. So uh, it's interesting to be able to do that. Yeah, I like that. All right, uh, what were we at? Eighty four minutes. Let's go ahead and call okay. it. call it.
0: Call yeah. it. Cool. Uh, <clears throat> September, uh, 4th, 5th, 6th, and 7th,
1: uh, Gateway. Gateway? Gateway
2: 2015?
1: Gateway 2015. Under the umbrella of Strategic Con. Uh, so Gateway f- is
3: September, <coughs> Oricon is February. Game, X, game X, X is the one is, way I can never go to. And to.
2: I have picked out my three games that I'm going to run at Gateway. What are you going to run? Uh, I am going to, uh, reskin my Zombie Mall game mm-hmm. in Savage Worlds. Mm-hmm. I am going to run a Johnny Quest game, also oh, cool. in Savage Worlds, mm-hmm. um, and I'm going to run a, a game kind of semi based on Alien. Cool,
3: cool. Yeah, it's actually. like survival horror. Yep, love those. I may I may run a LARP unless I chicken out. I'd love to see somebody run over the course of a con, Alien and Jack Aliens. Con. When's JackerCon? When's the next? Sorry, when's the next JackerCon? I have no idea. I didn't even know
0: there was another one coming up. This is how in, in, engaged I've been during the fair. I know. It's <laughs> um,
2: <clears throat> I'm not sure when the next one is. I have not heard anything. I'm sure it's on the forums.
0: Somebody get a note to DT. Listening Pines. to the podcast live, make sure to try and get Stu to plug JackerCon Seven Five Six Seven, July 17th through the 24th, hosted on the Google Plus, and the theme is X-Files Conspiracy Stories.
2: Sweet. That there, you like fun. there you go. <clears throat> oh, that's
0: my birthday con. Oh. Right. We'll be at um San Luis Obispo fair that weekend. So,
3: you should do another birthday con like we did that one year. That
2: was fun.
0: I'll be gone that weekend. Maybe the weekend after. We can do that. Oh, maybe 4th of July. Oh, I
3: can't do 4th of July. All right. I'm going to do I have done. before 4th of July. I can't do right. 4th of July and I can't do the 13th through the 20th. Okay. All right.
0: So we'll be far
3: away. Well, 4th of July, 4th of July I'm going to a LARP. And uh, the, 20th, the, the 13th through the 20th, I'll be in Alaska. Oh, okay. What are you doing in Alaska? Going on a
1: cruise. Maybe you can hook up a DT Pints at one of the ports of call. <laughs> you <laughs> totally should. Yeah. It'd <laughs> be hilarious. I mean, how big can Alaska be? I'm sure you guys can meet up. Uh,
3: <laughs> our ship, the ship stops in Skagway, Juneau, and. Tracy Arm and a can. So, DT Pints, if you're listening, and you can meet me up any in, in one of those places. Well, I'll, well if I'll you buy get off the beverage. port
1: and like go out and have a beer with him. You know, play a fiasco game at his house. How awesome would that be? Well, I don't know about in house because
3: we don't get that much time away <laughs> yeah. from the ship. But uh, if you were
1: actually to meet in one of the ports, I would totally buy a uh, beverage. He's a fisherman, so maybe he'll come by on his fishing boat. Right?
0: Yeah, maybe <laughs> <they'll> <laughs> maybe, <they'll laughs> maybe, maybe your cruise ship will be waylaid by pirates. Right? <laughs> that smell like fish.
2: Somalian pirates in Alaska? What?
0: No, no. <laughs> The, the the ship the, the fisherman guy maybe they'll waylay
3: the ship yeah that'd be something I mean, it'd be awesome I'm pretty sure they've got plenty of armed security somewhere on the Disney cruise ship probably <laughs> because it's Disney <laughs> nah they probably have nukes <laughs> <laughs> with ma- with mouse ears on them
2: right. <laughs> <laughs> the mushroom cloud
1: house mouse yeah, yeah it does. <laughs> Uh, yeah, there Big is a
2: Death Eater symbol with mouse ears.
1: It's a, it's a mouse room cloud. There is
0: a San Luis Obispo fair, and it's the the weekend just prior to the twenty first. Uh, when is that? July eighteenth and nineteenth. And we will the Poxy Boggards will be there. The Mary Webs will be there too. Uh, we don't have show times. We're, we're kind of uh, we're kind of winging it because um, I didn't get a hold of them in time. But we will be there. Um, and that's it. Uh, next week's show is up in the air, depending because I have my ear surgery next Wednesday. What? It's, what? Still not funny. <laughs> <laughs> Too so soon. Once my w- once the surgery's done, I have, it, it has to. It'll depend on how I'm feeling. So, uh,
3: if there is a show, it'll be probably on a Saturday. Again. <clears throat> we could do a show where it's completely silent. And it's all on the, the webcams where we write things on boards and hold them up. <laughs>
0: if I can get this computer working again, I'm going to have to figure out what's wrong with this thing. It's old. It's not that old. Is, it, it's old, got extra is it more than fan. two years? It's got an extra fan that's not running. I oh, wonder if that might be problem.
2: why. So that would probably do it. That cord hanging
1: down there that's not plugged
0: in anymore. Oh, you know what? It was running before. It's just not running now. <laughs> all right. So I'm going to call it. All right. After I fi- finish fucking with this. All right. Really? There we go.
3: We're listeners of
0: Happy Jacks RPG Podcast. Thank you for joining us for Season 14, Episode 19 of Happy Jacks RPG Podcast. My name is Stu. This is Tyler. This is Stork. And this is Jib. And uh, don't forget, strategicon.net in September 4th, 5th, 6th, and 7th, whatever weekend that is. Labor Day weekend. We'll see you there. You can see us at Slow. We'll be there as well. And Jackercon, the seventeenth, eighteenth, and nineteenth. Is that what they said? Yeah, yeah. Seventeenth through the twenty-fourth on the Google Plus. So go to our forum, HappyChecks.org. out about that. You can always email us at, at gmail.com if you'd like to do that. Thank you very much. And we'll leave you with a song. <laughs> Perfect. happy happy podcast
3: will be uh, <Spanx>
0: big, it just might burst. The second is the left breast, and it looks much like the first. And people always ask me, what good those things are for? Since I'm
2: Was my upbringing, not enough
3: time on the teat? Maybe I was born this way, cause they make my life complete.
2: My mother used to freak out, cause between those breasts I'd delve. I love it in
3: there so much, I tried to breastfeed till I was twelve.
2: I'm not a baby, and I don't drink milk no more. And I say.
3: Some people point and laugh And all I hear
2: are jeers But just like old Capernaum kiss, My whole world's made of steers I'll hold up my head with pride I'm a press man to the core Be they small and put
0: bacon
2: The world will disappear. And if you need a little support, I'll be the first one to volunteer. And I'll say.
0: of the Angry Folk Media Empire.